topics. Like uh, they float to me in the week and then they float out and I don't really want to keep them down because I don't want to, I feel like it would be such a betrayal uh, for the people who listen to this and expect nothing, no expertise for, for me to, you know, go away and unconsciously be solving the problem of how I think about certain ideas, you know? You're the, you're the, uh, free spirit and I'm the anxious one. That's like, that's, that's right there in the script. It's right there. Enter into, oh, sorry, interior podcast. Chris <laughs> enters full of joy de vivre and bon vivant. Nick cowers on the floor, his ankle broken. That's, that's what's going on here. So I think, um, yeah, you, what you're doing is exactly right, Chris. Yeah. But what about your ankle? Like I did, you didn't tell me any of this in our social call. Are you okay? <laughs> I just hate to be a bother. I'm, I've I'm, got I'm sad that this is being filmed because I couldn't hide my smile in that. <laughs> like, fortunately, that most listeners won't be watching the footage. Um, I'm sad this is being filmed just because I won't be able to have a haircut uh, for the between like now and the next uh, 50 episodes at least that we uh, yeah. film. That's not true. My hair would only look worse if I did have a haircut because I really go for it whenever I get a haircut. I take a big swing. My barber is extremely. I've I've trained him to be extremely adventurous with me, and now he'll do stuff like, yeah, he he uh, he shaved a chevron into my into the back of my hair just just without asking first, and that's the other time. The last time we met, wow. he was the most cons- he was the most conservative, risk averse barber ever when I started with him three years ago. I'm so proud of our journey together. Yeah, wow, you really coached him into a new level. That's great. Um, it makes me think that like, why don't we do haircuts? But then maybe that's a bit of um a subset of body modification. What about fashion? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Nice. I feel like that was the most kind of, I don't know, that we've ever gotten into a topic before. And that's the sort of thing that maybe electrifies for you. the blood. Maybe for anxious Nick, but welcome, <laughs> welcome to Chris Turf. <laughs> Ah, welcome to Rank Ideas. Uh, the podcast where Nick Deladovic and myself, Chris Andrew, rank all ideas, all human ideas on an exhaustive and ever-expanding master list from best to worst. We really do that here on the podcast. Hard um, to believe that we, we do are, it, but we do. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe that we are the two most qualified people in the world to be doing it, but it's our very layperson status that makes that the case. Really, the point of this podcast is to prove that anyone could have done this, but uh, none of you did. You abrogated the responsibility. Now Chris and I have taken that up. So next time you're thinking about whether or not you should occupy space in the world, don't think about, are you the most qualified person? Think about the fact that any territory you cede will be taken up by Nick and Chris. Oh, don't think about it, you know, just, just keep relaxing in your Soma life, you know, just letting all your ideas be ranked by us. That's, that's probably my preference. I mean, it's literally what's happening now from now on. So there's, yeah, the whole point's academic. Um, yeah, so we're doing fashion today. That's, this, this will be a good topic. Um, I feel like this will be one because, yeah, some of these ones we really get into the idea of uh, having to argue out whether we think that an idea is just an onboard part of the human brain that has to manifest itself at some yeah, point. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, again, how do you think fashion starts in the first place, Chris? Like, what do you reckon as an idea? Uh, people are different and they like to have markers of expressing that. 
And so I, I think that's probably, it's, it's probably one that's as old as consciousness in a certain way. I feel like um, other stripes of what we talk about when we talk about fashion, uh, um, yeah, there's that idea of um, just, yeah, noticing aesthetic differences, noting that, that there are different schools of um, aesthetic presentation. Um, and obviously aesthetics can run along all of the sensory spectrums, um, not just, you know, uh, I think most a lot of people when they think of fashion, they think of uh, something like clothes or, or things that present visually straight away, but it's not just that. Um yeah, so I mean, as maybe as, as soon as there's differences in people's uh, taste or expression to notice, then you have then you have fashion as at least a school of analysis, something that can be noticed and talked about. Um, separate to that, I think about things like at least the modern expression of fashion um, has things like like trends aren't exactly the same thing, <laughs> but they they map across and maybe trends a bit more strongly than fashion, but still fashion has the idea of uh, things like seasons and you know, finite periods, like movements. Yeah, I think fashion, the, I think the idea of seasons movements. is a market function of of of, <laughs> of, a, of a fashion industry rather than intrinsic to fashion itself. But there's definitely there's definitely movement. Um, you know, fashion is is a is a live thing that changes over time, and and it's it's not just a a, a fixed um, presentation or idea that can be. Yeah, I don't think it can be mapped aesthetically as um, other phenomena. And um, it overlays, like, it cross-maps heavily with culture. It's not culture, um, but it's, um, the, I think the thing it has in, in common with culture is that even though you'd be hard-pressed to actually find hard stops or starts to movements of fashion, um, movements in fashion, the stories and the narratives that get put on them often work in that way. You know, there'll be things like, you know, fashion has a tendency to want to set itself as a counter narrative to a narrative that existed just previously. Um, it wants to mark itself out. I mean, really, um, uh, I feel like, and maybe I want to start here to kind of positively load it with something that I personally relate to. Um, I feel like a big thing at the heart of a lot of fashion movement is the idea of people people wanting to mark out difference and uniqueness, like and with a positive valence on that, like a, like the the beauty and the and the value of something something or someone's being unique, uh, having special value, having new value, uh, newness seems to be a bit of an obsessive thread. Within uh, but I, I think that this is like the, I mean, this is a straight straight in, in, in a different at a definitional period, straight into the heart of the irony of 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 how it is often presented because um in that uh, s- striving for uniqueness and uh, people find common markers of that and then strive for their own which is like by doing the same sort of behavior is is the is the opposite of unique by definition and and you end up with like you know that sort of ironic uh situation where um where certain fashions um uh, you know, they become popular for their aesthetic and then are adopted by other people. And then once a critical mass of people adopt a certain fashion, it falls, you know, down a rung. I think, I think in marketing, they, they, there's, there's some marketing um, framework for measuring this where you've got early, ado- early adoption of, of trends and then, um, you know, all the way down. And then you want to, you want to understand which segment you're hitting because, you know, certain, like, like say, uh, I think it, I think it's mapped in the Devil Wears Prada, isn't it? Where she has a go at her for wearing a Kmart something uh, of the protagonist and the antagonist as, as she walks in. Do, do you have you do you remember this film? I, I've only I, seen it once. I don't. I don't remember. I do remember that that movie Canes. What a good movie! But 
the uh but yeah i don't remember specifically that but i think, I do, she, but I think I'm, it's the same where she maps like you know she, she where she has a dig at her for what she's wearing and she's like well what does it even you know what who cares what does it make a difference and then she charts the journey from that sort of high-end fashion original artistic I do idea that down scene. to you know chain yeah consumption mass consumption and um and i think that's still part of fashion like i think i think there's there's an identity like i think at the core of it is not um the newness but it's the identity expression I do, yeah, I, I'm more familiar with the ideas like, you know, cultural theory, which is almost a similar, um, is almost the same construction, which is the idea of counterculture being the pump of culture. You know, every the basic idea that, which is really evident, you know, there's only evidence for it and no evidence to the contrary, which is that all um, every, every phenomenon of fashion or culture or trend that becomes completely ubiquitous or globally ubiquitous, at 100% of the time they start as extremely specific um, niche uh, phenomena for um, tiny populations. Like there's there's not a there's not a one that you can name. Yeah. That there's nothing nothing incredibly nothing is becoming incredibly popular without starting incredibly niche and subculture specific. Lunch. Uh, the, universe, lunch the universal winner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know, like any any sort of music genre, any yeah. sort of um, any sort of fashion genre in terms of clothes, um, anything in terms of any type of performance or art making, any type of uh, cultural, I just have a cultural expression really. Um, but, uh, fashion more specifically, I almost, I was starting to think that culture and trends are these bigger phenomena. Fashion is really a kind of story based delivery system for those things in a way, or a subset of those things as in fashion is fashion is a, is a narrative, is a narrative idea. It's a way to narrativize how these things get, um, policed, delivered, adopted, rejected, um, time codified. Uh, yeah, codified. Um, and yet like the, of one obvious, and yeah, really, uh, what you were talking about before is just that obvious cycle of a thing becomes, uh, a, th- a thing penetrates into the, um, sphere or gets held up by tastemakers or thought, thought leaders as, um, as, as something that's new and exciting. Um, and often that has to do with it being perceived as being transgressive or being actually transgressive of the, of the existing norms. And then once enough people get excited about it and adopt it, then it becomes its own norm uh, that can be uh, side-eyed or critiqued or patronized on that basis. Um, and that's a, you know, that's, and so on in an endless cycle. Um, but yeah. And I mean, obviously those are the things people, um, much like, much like cruises that we did in our last episode, I feel like fashion is one of those things where there's a lot of easy, lazy off the shelf, um, critiques of it. Many of which are, um, very, have a lot of truth to them. The idea that it's, um, uh, a, a particularly brutal, um, and churny version of, uh, s- s- making in groups and out groups, um, heavily, uh, tied into resource inequality. Um, the idea that yet yeah, like fashion, uh, is often, done in an exclusionary way um and and even the stated and, elitism yeah and tellingly um even fashions that even fashion phenomena that come out of subcultures where they are deliberately and explicitly trying to create something that's accessible to people who have less resources fat the the fashion the larger um control like controllers of the fashion narrative find a way to make it expensive again not just exclusive but expensive mm. um and yet, like, you know, like, obviously the easy to hand examples of, you know, um, uh, I don't know, like I was, I was, uh, I was young in the nineties when, um, grunge, like grunge is almost the cartoonishly two dimensional version of it where you have a, uh, 
a code of people. Someone noticed that three different bands that were great at the time or wore flannelette shirts and and op shop clothes and decided that they were part of a movement that they themselves didn't identify themselves as as part of. Create, you know, the entire thing was codified from the outside, uh, named from the outside, um, and uh, narrativized from the outside. And then the aesthetic of it, the visual aesthetic of it, which was entirely based around the participants, the the progenitors of it being poor. was then you know uh, sold back to an audience uh, at inflated prices like literally you know there's like oh we will make clothes that look exactly like these op shop clothes and we will make you we will make you pay a lot of money for them. Do you think that um, casting the lens to that uh, area and function w- within the topic of fashion is like I want to be careful that we don't confuse the part the parts for the whole here. I feel like that that is that's definitely a, a part of what we consider to be fashion, but I think as a, a definitional. Um, point we should include also say um, say at a high school um, you know someone starts to wear their cap at a slight kink and then you know that that filters through and 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 you know everybody starts to do that and until nobody does it like I I think that sort of stuff is still you know there's still there's still some human um, instinct there that uh, is is also uh, part of the broader church of fashion I think the I think what you said before in terms of the identity um, aspect uh, is pretty key, and that's why I think that this is I I my take is that um, the the person who wears their hat differently starts a trend. Um, everyone doing that is like a bunch of people in high school doing that. That's a trend, but the uh, thing that the a, a central a viral idea that create that helps helps that to spread helps the trend to spread is the idea of fashion. The idea that that person doing that isn't just an arbitrary thing that they're doing for practical reasons, but they're doing that it's, but it's stating something it's, it's exciting and fun. Fashion is exciting and fun and fashion is exciting and fun and galvanizing and um, gives people a sense of something transcendent. And it's to do with the idea that you making those choices or cleaving to those choices that a group is making um, creates your selfhood in some way or modifies your selfhood yeah yeah or helps you interaction yeah uh and i think the interactive part of it is the beautiful part of it like the idea that fashion i mean fashion is a because it's it's this community created fiction i mean the downside is that like all human stories it gets it gets controlled by certain people and not others but um but the basic idea of of a communal story that allows for a lot of um potential for moments of transcendence or joy also just like i just like top i like i like topics that that become super deep with nerdy analytical content like the idea like i love like as someone who doesn't know a lot about um you know uh runway fashion uh it's extremely extremely fun for me to talk about someone who talk with someone who does about it or watch uh shows or documentaries that delve into the world of it because it just because it's a universe of detail like um and 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 of history there's so much deep rich history and obviously every all human history is knotted up with the with the toxic and the murderous and the exploitative but every but everything that's in there is i don't know like clothes music um cultural product um these yeah it's it's just it's geek fodder in a way that I can't resist really. Um, I'm not sure if you know this, Nick, but my sister works in fashion. Did you know that? No, no, I just, I just, I did not. 
She lives in Paris. You probably, you probably definitely told me. You probably oh. definitely. I I knew that she lived in Paris. It's it's funny that it never occurred to me to uh, question the further implications of that. Since since you know any child knows that uh, a lot of people who live in Paris work in fashion. A hundred percent, I believe that or mime, and I yeah. guess I don't know cuisine. Um, yes, yes, she works in fashion and, uh, you know, it's, um, not a world that I'm close to through my own day-to-day life, but, um, having seen, uh, you know, getting to, getting to experience quite a lot of it through her experience secondhand, um, it's a, it, it is a, as an industry, a a cultish hell and, um, and prime for all Mm. the, the worst, um, when you were talking about the narratives earlier, I was like, yeah, there, there is something so inherently compelling about the narratives of fashion that that people really do um, set themselves up to be exploited and set themselves up to exploit uh, at, at sort of the worst extremes. Um, and and you know that sort of that sort of aesthetic comes to mind when you think of fashion immediately. For many of us, you think of you know uh, uh, really underweight models, um, people being treated really really poorly, and um, perhaps mm. perhaps uh, you know. Uh, a presentation of high um, cultural aesthetics that maybe have have no real uh, conceptual basis, but have all, all the trappings of um, of a presentation that is designed to to um, to come across as though there's a, there's a high high thought, and that and those are, those are, those are the cynical ideas that come, and I, I think that um, I think that that's not not fair. Um, to take as the definitive elements of what we're talk- of what we're looking at here, because even though they t- do exist, as you said, um, those uh, those cruelties map across all um, elements of human endeavor, and um, and when, when we look at things as being at their best, um, there, there's certainly a, there's certainly a lot of a lot of like you said, yeah. fun stuff and 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 expression and sharing and playing that come that comes with um, being able to have those different markers. And movements together. It's, it's tricky because, yeah, I wonder. It remind this one reminds me of when we ranked debate, which we ranked quite low, and it felt like um, part of the reason we ranked debate so low is that um, the uh, is because it's a sexy, fun, compelling idea, and once because we judged that it was mo- that it was mostly bad, um, and also fun and compelling, then we had to rank it lower because it was um, there's yeah because you go well it's if it's if it exists, if you let it exist at all, if you let it into the room at all, it's gonna, it's gonna dominate because it's too, it's, it's, it's too great. Like it's too, it's too sugary sweet. Yeah. And, um, and so I think about that. So me, for me, the question with fashion, you have to go, cause I love like full disclosure. I love fashion. Like I feel like I'm, you know, as for someone who's not, uh, yeah, fashion, like as I'm obsessed with culture. So of course I'm obsessed with fashion and, um, I love to geek out on things like, uh, trends in fashion of all, across all metrics, and I love to learn about fashion even in arenas that I don't have good strong subject knowledge on. Um, but I wonder, is the cost of the thing that I get to love too high for me to um, conscientiously rate it high on the list? And then, and that really just comes down to what you're saying. It's like, is this one like some of the others where we go? There's a version of it. Could you downweight? Can you downweight enough things around? fashion that it could be ranked up i worry that a lot of what i worry that fundamentally because it creates because fashion creates in and out groups then there's a there's a idea and you know i know i I keep talking about the idea of how ideas work at scale 
And I mean, people may or may not think that's a strong metric. To me, it's a strong metric for ranking ideas because you kind of go, well, um, we're tending towards in a world where we're tending towards having more people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, and if the, and the ideas that are the ideas that we're if we're thinking about oh we're going to wait these ideas up then really we're saying that we want these ideas to be the most prevalent adopted ideas and fashion I think like obviously in so much of what's evidently horrible about all uh, every part of the fashion industry is just the industrialization. Um, and the reductive ideas. I do think you could make fashion a lot better in world in a world that had less reductive ideas about there being one right way to do things. <laughs> like, as in a world where they could just be huge. It's it's a bit like I feel like when we talk about gender and things like that, we'll, we'll have a similar. Uh, there'll be similar things to say in terms of in a world where you could just have tons of fashions happening all higgledy piggledy at the same time, as you do now, but without the horrific in group out group consequences and conflict. That would be great. Yeah, but I don't. Th- I don't think you can. You would have to get rid of too many concepts that are integral to um, our species to um, to have that exist without um, without the in group out group stuff. I mean, like it's so funny. Even just like just at, just at a hind brain level here in Melbourne. Um, I'm not sure if it's like this in Canberra at the moment, but sort of or, or I don't even know if it's like this in Melbourne. Just in Brunswick, everybody has like their pants, like, you know, sort of 10% up their leg. Like, so you can see, you know, a few inches of ankle and like everyone does it. And so it's gets to the point where if I'm standing in a queue, like at a baristas or something like that, and I don't have, I'm conscious of it. And it, and I hate that stuff sitting in my mind. Cause it's like, it's completely useless. I don't care. I like, I, I'm not, um, but, but I can't help but notice that, you know, my, my, um, like even, so I, I feel like I wear whatever I want all the time to, 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 to joy with joy to me, but I can't, um, you know, just, I can't escape, you know, receiving that information and giving that information as well. Um, through, through what you're wearing. To me that it's funny, right? Cause to me, that's, that should just be fun. Like it should just be fun to me. If you, if you were to, if you were to invent the idea, if you'd be like, okay, so from now on there'll be this thing where like, uh, for the next, I don't know, 14 months or so, all of us will wear this out, this item of clothing, which is perfectly wearable around the day. Not the most practical thing, kind of silly in a way that we'll all be wearing it. Um, but you know, it's fun. It's for fun. We'll just do it for fun, and we'll look and we will look good to each other. Trust me, because you know, like aesthetics, aesthetic standards just shift with with dominant narratives. Like whatever you think looks good now, that that changes across your life, and it will anyway. So we may as well harness that. Um, that should just be a fun, silly time. But the fact that like all this gravitas and um, you're with us or against this kind of narrative. Escapable, like inescapable, like, uh, like uh, just uh, to pick another Melbourne example, obviously people here t- tend, tend to wear black more than in other places. And I, I like to wear colorful things. So if I turn up on a, a train carriage and literally a hundred people are on the carriage and they're all wearing black and I'm wearing a bunch of colorful stuff, like it is a different information, even, even though like, um, you know, I, I, even if, you know, if I'm to co- co- continue doing it happily, it's like a, it's like a, you know, you notice, you notice the different, you, you notice the different thing in a society and um, that comes with its own, information that's that's communicated and that that's like i feel like that element of it that sort of um identity group marker is an inescapable thing a part of what we're talking about which which means that if you are going to have that um i don't know if that upweights it or downweights it though to be honest because like if you're going to have that you may as well have a consciousness of playing with it and enjoying it and um 
expressing it rather than just it happening. I feel if we downweighted, if we put tribalism low on the list, which, you know, we'll talk about that at one point, that that's my first hunch to something that could ameliorate the, 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 the. Yeah, sure. Assuming we are in a liberal society where nobody cares about, where that sort of stuff doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I feel like it's funny, right? Cause I feel like. If you can escape it though, Nick. you can you can escape. I think tribalism is uh, is explodable. I don't think that's part of the. I don't think that's part of the meat of the brain. I think individuality versus collectivism is going to be that's going to be much thornier, and maybe one of those ones that we have to rank as a as a binary uh, idea together. And I think those are the ones. Yeah, the idea of um, a single a single human wanting to negotiate themselves somewhere on the spectrum between individuality and collectivism because no humans put themselves hard at one end or the other even if they think they do or they're trying to yeah um i think that that's more inescapable um i do it's i have noticed yeah i mean i obviously i relate to what you're saying because i mean sorry i don't think of myself as the loudest craziest dresser but i know x amount of people who know me think do think of me that way um you know like as uh i mean the gym that i work at i know that i'm just thought of as oh that hipster coach by x amount of people in a in a nice in a perfectly friendly supportive way but you know they're uh in a place like canberra that's very permissive i don't think there's as many i don't nothing i do causes outrage but i think it does cause a kind of a merry bemusement of someone being like oh why would you why would you bother stepping even slightly out of the current co-divide i mean if you just look at something like clothes i mean a lot of people are just terrified of clothes and i get why because of all the stakes to get put on fashion mm. so a lot of people just they just approach it in a risk-averse way um i don't do anything nuts i just wear like say i wear colors in scenes where a lot of people wear black i um will wear um yeah i guess the thing is for me uh because i'm spoiled uh with and have a lot of freedom i will sometimes just I, I will treat different um, subcultural outfits as just costumes that I could put on at any point, you know. And I don't go, I don't, I don't go full out with it, but I will be, you know. Isn't I'll, anything I'll, a subcultural some, outfit though? Yes, absolutely. And um, but and it's funny because there is literally nothing but social pressure or social consequences. The idea of social consequences stopping everyone from just wearing all of them in random combinations all the time. Yeah. As in, yeah, I'll do a little, I'll do a little bit of like, you know. Lately, I'll just um. Like my partner Zev got me a uh, a chain, like a silver chain for my um, uh, for our anniversary a couple oh, of nice. months ago, and um, and I'll you wear that it? with a bit. Uh, yeah, I've got it on right now, yeah. and I wear it, and I wear it. Um, lately, I've been wearing it like with a beanie and a kind of matching tracksuit vibe, and just going a bit more, you know, just kind of Slavic. Which you know, I have some Slavic in my background, but I didn't grow up in a Slavic culture. Um, so you know, on one hand, like a lot of, it's the sort of thing that wouldn't that under the right in the right situation i could see that in inflaming someone's um indignation at me doing it in what they would perceive as a as a posery way as a performative way and i am a hundred percent doing it in a posery performative way i am like yep this is it's fun to dress up like this it's fun to lean on the and again it's tricky right because it's it's an aerobrist because it wouldn't be fun if there weren't things that are codified and inscribed yeah, onto sure, those sure, looks. Sure. you know and um same thing if i wear it would all um, just be functional if it didn't exist. Yeah, the or if I wear something that—that's it. Or if I wear something, I mean, you know, there's all the all the. It's it's a little bit similar to you know, if I do anything that, um, if I if I wear anything that blurs gender codification, you know, like there's that idea of there's so many things going on there in terms of some people. It it 
rubbing against some people in terms of what they how they think the norms should be more strictly policed it might be rubbing against other people in terms of looking at me and going is that person queer enough to be wearing that um or are they uh, uh, appropriating something um it's uh yeah it's um all yeah, I'm really just agreeing with you that there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, space junk floating around it. I got um, but it's, and I, oh sorry, I just just remind you just reminded me. I got asked in an interview um, to I did an interview with the Canberra Times for the album, and um, the journalist said, uh, "What's what's with wearing shorts?" And I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> and they said, "Is that is that like a trademark look or something like that?" I was like, "No, I just hate wearing pants." Like, what? <laughs> there's, there's such um, a funny thing, like. Um, yeah, I get, I, but I guess like you know, there is that. Um, it it, it is also a chosen like for people who are d- deliberate about what they wear in a certain way. It's it's a it's something. To, it's a it's a resource that is manipulated. Like um, I remember seeing an ad f- this week for um, RuPaul's Masterclass, and the the first thing that RuPaul says in it is, "You like money? Wear a suit. It's a sh- it's a shortcut. You don't want to be you know." Um, you don't want to be brushing up against people's expectations. Work with the things they already know. They you wear you know you wear a suit. You're clever, successful, whatever. Wear a suit. And and well, dra- I, I thought that's the- such a cynical way to live. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it was funny, right? Because the context of something like the '80s drag ball scene um, is such a um, such a petri dish of all of this stuff. Because I mean, the original drag scene wasn't just people wasn't just uh, quote unquote men dressing as quote unquote women. It was poor people per se. Dressing in ways that dressing in ways that they felt society was telling them they couldn't dress. Dressing as the people that they were being told that they weren't. Mm-hmm. Like um, there would be events in the eighties drag balls that were just executive drag, which was just poor people dressing like Wall Street bankers and doing and parading and trying to do their best Wall Street banker. We attitude. should do that. And yeah, that I, sounds I, really I, well, fun. You know, I feel like yeah, I, I feel like I have friends who do that, and they represent not that specifically, but they do that vibe. They they go, I'm I'm just going to be, I'm I'm just going to be this energy and this character today. And to me, that represents, um, that represents a version of fashion that I think, if that was the one that held sway, and I go, it's tough. It's tough to say would because on one hand i'm just like oh i just want the whole dress up box to be available to everyone at all times and for everyone to just relax about the fact that it is a, uh that everyone gets to do it all but also you know that's that's a potentially tone deaf thing to say in a world where some people have you know put put tons of effort into being the creative interesting um oppressed population and then had people come along and go thank you and pick up the fruits of their effort and then mass market them so very easy for me to say and then you go, well, is part of, I don't know, is part of what I'm enjoying so much about fashion, is it the tribalism and identity stuff and all of the kind of, you know, all of these, um, yeah, is, is it not, if, if there weren't these, if there weren't those stories, then would the clothes be as fun to wear? Would the music be as fun to make? Would the, uh, you know, would this, uh, <laughs> would the accents be as fun to do, you know? Um, Could you even collectivize things like with the shorthand? Yeah. yeah, I feel so yeah, for me it's a it feels like the epitome of um of a compromised idea that's still really still really good. It's really good and really bad. <laughs> you know, it's more more so I feel feel more that that's my dumb take on it than most of the other dudes on this list. And I feel like maybe the thing that would downweight it a bit is a bit more even is the idea that you can't unpack 
there's only so much. Yeah, there are big chunks of it. I think the stuff that your sister's dealing with day to day, a lot of that could be uh, carved out of it. But then there's other things that are in the bones of it that can't be carved out. Uh, yeah, I um, think I think it is a I think it is a um, as natural a th- as natural a inevitability as any other human behavior. Like I, I think that um, I think that you can't remove it and you can't isolate it from the other the other forms of expression that naturally emerge and i think that um that that's kind of change that kind of changes how i think about it because uh and 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 i'm not sure if it changes it to make it a bit better or worse i just think that it's something that's that inevitably is is going to exist and it's going to exist relative to the other human foibles um so i guess then when thinking about how good it is you got to think about what it adds and how fun that is (laughs) or like you know what's the virtue yeah I don't know if I'm as sold on the fact that it's that inherent, but I don't think it actually matters for the purpose of ranking it for us to reach an accordance on that. I think, um, yeah, because I think we've talked pretty, I think we've identified fairly cleanly our, um, like, like the pros and cons. Can you imagine a society without any fashion? Can you imagine a human culture without, without? I can't imagine a society without any trends. I think it would be, I think, uh, and yeah, I think fashion, again, like we've got stories ranked pretty high. Maybe the fact that stories is as high as it is means that fashion has to exist because, like, I think I think fashion is the story form of trends. So, yeah, probably yeah. you're right. Um, the uh, on this list, which we have put together for the reasons we've put together, listen to the uh, rest of the episodes, guys. Um, so, weirdly, maybe not weirdly, maybe co- obviously comparable to pornography. Do you think it's better or worse? It's currently almost halfway on the list. It's like fifteen out of thirty. 14 out of 30. I think worse because it is that where you say um, it's the stories of, of, of trends. I feel like it's that one step removed from, from the things that are good about it. Um, so I, whereas pornography, I feel like is one-to-one, you know, it is the things that are good about it. I think we found, yeah, I, I think we, fa- we had more takes on how pornography could be vastly improved from where it is at the very least. Um, under that, we've got male, acting jobs cheating i probably like it more than most of those yep oh, uh do you i don't really interact I like it. with it very much so <laughs> how much of myself am i bringing <laughs> this first my critical mind of, of, of you know liking that it exists better or worse than male i don't know nick what do you think i feel like i feel better i feel like it's better than male better than acting um just because, I mean, acting is, um, it's acting it's kind of comparable to as well, just because I feel like mm, for um, sure. it's a, yeah, it's a way that people are, it's, yeah, because, mostly because it's another big geeky sea of topic. Like it, once you create it, it becomes a universe onto itself um, and an identity marker. Just, you know, some people just being into fashion is their whole identity marker in the same way that being an actor might be. The more I um, think about that stuff, actually, the less, the less I like it. Um, Yep, because I think that um, I think that that it then creates worlds that aren't that aren't based on um, material realities and aren't aren't based on um, aren't as likely to be based on the sort of truths of interaction. They're, they're, they're more based on story. So story itself is really great, an interesting way of communicating stuff. But I feel like living in story is not healthy um, because you because you're, you're excluding certain kinds of information from coming in and upweighting other information in a way that um, can imbalance your life relative to your reality. Um, and I think that that's why so many things occur in in 
for fashion spaces that are that are horrible. So I, I think I'm inclined to put it in the in the bad more in the bad half. I, it's weird because that makes it very similar to acting. And weirdly, even though even though acting seems like it would be more living in story and is in a way, I feel like it's acting less. at least yeah. acting it's a consciously yeah, it's a craft. Because, yeah, because and, and it's craft and it's a craft that's about. So at least X amount of it is about trying to observe the real or communicate things about the real at its, at its best. It's doing that. Whereas fashion is always t- to an extent, even when it's claiming to reflect reality or trends of reality, it's instantly flattening and reducing them or, or height or heightening them in ways that are fun and cool and exciting, but they're not real. And, um, it's cool that they're not like it's, they're imaginative, like they're specifically imaginative, yeah. which is great. But yeah, but I do think I, it's enough of an argument to put it under acting uh, better or worse than jobs? Jobs has cheating underneath it and inheritance under that. I think worse. What do you think? I think... Uh, I like it less than cheating, yeah. Um, I like it more than inheritance and I like it more than marriage, which is right. under inheritance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, that, those are, cele- those are the true bad. Yeah. We're, yeah. I, think, I feel like we're getting, we're getting into quintiles now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think fashion is really, I think it might replace cheating as being like the real transitional idea where the good becomes bad. And so, yeah, under, uh, under, yeah, under cheating, under cheating and over inheritance. So under jobs, under jobs as well, but then cheating is under that. And then, so it goes cheating and then, um, fashion under cheating. Yep. That sounds good to me. Yep. Yeah. Terrific. Terrific. Oh, really can't, you really hammered out in the last minute there. Yeah. I mean, I had a, I really liked, this was a great suggestion because, um, of mine, did I suggest it? If so, it was a great suggestion. Uh, it came off some things that you said, uh, but the, um, uh, I, n- I had no idea where this would rank going into it, and it's always fun doing stuff like that. Mm, yeah, super fun. It'd be great. Um, Chris, I love doing the podcast Rank Ideas with you. Uh, Nick, I love doing it with me as well, but also <laughs> love doing it with you. <laughs> oh, Chris. I just love getting to hang out, really. Yeah. All right. See you next time, Nick. See you next time on the podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody else who's also here. <laughs> <laughs>